0: Hello, welcome back to Creative Outlet. I know it's been a while, but I'm back, and hopefully with more guests in the future. This episode, I had the opportunity to talk to Kelsey Farrell, who, besides writing a song that blew up on TikTok, also does stand-up comedy and has a podcast of her own. It was truly a pleasure to get to know her, and I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed recording this episode. I never
1: learned my lesson, chasing what they can't give, oh, bless them. I'm so good at telling lies, but can't do shit between my thighs. Bolt of lightning. I'm tired of the songs I'm writing. It's true, I'm my own hero, but I just slept with another zero. Oh God, it's not exciting. Youth is a damn big evil I'm fighting. Oh hey, what's on next? Another sad song about bad sex. So if you're one of those dudes who thinks that I write songs about you, well, you don't matter that much. You're not the only loser that I. I no, you don't matter that much. You're not the only loser that
0: I Hello, Kelsey. Welcome Hi. to Creative Outlet, the first episode of season two. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to No problem.
0: Sorry I had to put you on hold. I had to eat dinner with my family.
1: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um,
0: you're in California right now, right?
1: I am. I'm in Los Angeles.
0: Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. How's that? It's great. No, I love LA. I mean, there's so much to do here. And um, like, you know, there's something happening like every night of the week. And I mean, it's perfect for me in terms of my creative pursuits. Because, you know, I mean, this is the city people come to to do all their different dreams. But for me, it's stand up and music. And, um, you know, it's been a perfect fit for those activities. I've never done as much like to connect with other musicians and comedians and performed as much as I have here so yeah, it's yeah. Been
0: great um have you played a lot of live sh- I know you do I've seen some stand up like clips of it on your Instagram but have you yes. played a lot of live music yet because I know a lot of those songs were written during covid
1: yeah um so i mostly have done comedy shows. I'll be honest. Um, I think the comedy community is a little smaller and a little easier to enter. Like it's just easier to network in that community and it's easier to get booked in that community. Um, so I've been doing a little bit more comedy just out of like, I don't know, path of least resistance. Like it's just been the easiest thing. Um, and music I have been, not quite performing as much as I would like to. Yeah. Um, I have reached out to several venues. I do have a show coming up um, in the next few weeks. Um Plug it. we're still nailing down the we're still nailing down the date. Uh, it could be most likely it's going to be January 29th, but um, I don't want to say like yes positive about that because like the COVID surge in LA right now yeah is kind of intense and so i don't know i doubt things are going to shut down completely again just because i don't know the way things have gone thus far but um you know it's like also one of those things where i don't want to like guarantee something and then have it fall through yeah <laughs> um but yeah so hopefully in the next few weeks i'll have a show at this really cool venue called junior high which is in glendale which is like inland la Um, and yeah, that's like a really great, like DIY punk, like venue type thing where it's like very much about like the community and it's a community space and kind of, uh, really aligns itself with like kind of the ethics of punk. So, um, that's a really cool space. I'm very excited to perform there. So, um, working on putting that show together and that'll be kind of like, um, one of my more legitimate like shows that i've done in a while i did do a house show uh over the summer which was really cool. fun in Man- manhattan beach and then i did a show in echo park at a place called little joy um and that was really fun um but it's um uh, was like maybe a little smaller of a venue um which is fine i i like small venues because like you know it's like more indie and cool, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So I've done a few shows here and there and then I've done open mics, but like, you know, an open mic, you play like one song. So yeah. it's not really, <laughs> not really. It doesn't really fulfill my like desire to perform. Like I always want more. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, do you have a preference like performing music or performing comedy?
1: People ask me that a lot and yeah. it's very hard to like, say if i have a preference for one or the other they are different in the sense that like i think music is easier to perform than comedy so like if i just want to have a super chill night and do something i love and not have to stress then like music is what i would choose to perform because it comes to me so naturally and i don't have to practice like a shit ton for it i mean i don't want to say i don't practice at all i do but like yeah I don't have to practice quite as much. I can kind of just more rely on instinct and like my natural abilities a little bit more. Um, but comedy, I actually have to work a lot harder and I have to like practice way more. And I, it's more challenging. It's a little more stressful. I'm more likely to get nervous. I don't usually get nervous performing anything at all. But on occasion I find myself nervous for comedy um if it's like maybe I have like a risky joke or something or yeah something that I haven't done before then I'll be like oh this is a little stressful a little nerve-wracking but um so if I want to challenge myself and like have like the greater reward of like making people laugh then comedy is what I would say is like better but um and the thing about comedy is like uh, you know, that the audience isn't lying to you, you know, like if you play a song, everyone's going to clap at the end, regardless of whether or not they liked it. Right. But if you do comedy, people are only going to laugh if they actually thought you were funny. So, you know, you know, for sure that you're good if people laugh, whereas with music, like you never really have a guarantee that you're like very good or not. Like people could just be like telling you that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, do people laugh at when you do comedy?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. Not to to be like, oh yeah, everyone laughs laughs at me, but like, yes, no people, people laugh. I don't think I would. I mean, maybe I'd keep working at it even if people didn't laugh at me, but like, no, I, um, I'm pretty intentional about my jokes and I pretty much like, I've worked very hard to like be good at comedy and write good jokes and put myself out there and do open mics and get booked at shows. So, um, you know, I've very much, um, put effort into it and it yeah. paid off yeah
0: one thing I'm curious about so like a lot of your songs are pretty funny yeah and <laughs> I'm wondering like if you think of something funny like a line or like a scenario or a joke or something how do you determine if that goes into a stand-up set or like a song
1: yeah good question usually whether or not it rhymes uh <laughs> yeah yeah so if i have like a concept and the line maybe sounds more poetic or like i there's a way for me to make it rhyme then um i'm like okay perfect for a song and then if i have something that's just like oh this is funny like i like the idea of joking about this topic like um how can i turn this into a joke then it's more like okay this is for stand-up and like yeah um yeah i'm trying to think of like an example of something that like a a funny line from my song um yeah like they're in native speaker um there's a line that says my first love was hotter than hell now i screw losers in a twin xl yeah um and (laughs) that was like kind of a joke like you know everyone always jokes about like having sex in twin beds you know in college or whatever like that's like a very everyone knows that everyone knows that is a thing so like I could write a stand-up joke about that but I think it'd be a little hack like I think it'd be a little like everyone already kind of is familiar with that and like you know SNL has that like very iconic skit about having sex in your twin bed when you're home for the holidays um that like went pretty viral I think a few years ago I don't think I've seen that Uh, It's, like, a pretty popular SNL skit, and it's about, like, having sex in a twin bed, basically. (laughs) And um, so I, you know, I didn't want to, like, try to turn that into a stand-up joke, because I was like, well, that's been done before by some of, like, you know, the most famous comedians there are, so, like, I don't think I can really hop on that, but, like, I thought about it more, and I was like, I don't think I've ever heard that in a song, though. So, like, then I was like, okay, in a song, and, like, I think it was even funnier to say twin XL. Cause like that's the you know standard bed that you get in a college dorm like, <laughs> and yeah. you know only, not every person on earth is gonna know what a twin XL is like some people be like wait what'd she say but like <laughs> people who like you know lived in the dorms will and they're kind of in on the joke and that makes the song more special to them because they're in on the joke and like yeah. I like to leave kind of like little Easter eggs like in my songs sometimes where maybe you're not going to get that reference this is the first time you hear it, or maybe not everyone's going to get the reference, but enough people will that it's going to be a special for them.
0: Yeah. Like, for example, like not everyone will know who Joe Rogan is, but mm-hmm. if you do that line and loser is hilarious. And that's Thank probably you. my, that's probably my favorite line in a song that of yours, that one cracked <laughs> me up because I, I hate that guy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do not like him. Yeah. Um, So I read that you've been playing music from like a pretty young age and you were like, you ripped off uh, I forget what the article said or what you said in the article. It was Avril Lavigne.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That my very first CD that I ever got was from my cousin Megan and it was the Avril Lavigne CD let go. I was five years old. I think it was my fifth birthday or maybe it was Christmas anyways. um, And (laughs) Yeah, I became obsessed with her, of course, like that was my like, favorite artist to yeah. listen to for many years. And um, I just, w- I had this little journal and I remember writing like, uh, very, very, like, obviously plagiarized version of her song. Is it my world or in my world? It's on let go. But um, she, yeah, she had the song, and then I, like, just wrote this, like, h- atrocious version of it. Like, it was just, like, nonsense words, like... Not syllabically aligned. Uh, it was not like a, a good song at all, but like, you know, I had to start somewhere. And <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky that I started so young because like I got all my bad songs out of the way as a child. <laughs> and yeah. like now I've done it long enough, you know, ever since I was a little kid. Um, so now I've done it long enough that I've actually gotten decent at it. And um, whereas people, you know, who are just starting to write songs now maybe still have to go through that period of time where they suck. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily. And maybe some people are just naturally gifted and can do it right away. But um, yeah. I think there is a period, a learning curve, if you will. And I was lucky enough to get that out of boy way as a kid. And yeah, like, it's embarrassing looking back, but also like, I'm not that embarrassed because I'm like, well, I was like six You're
0: years just old. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> who were some other formative, like musical influences on you? Because yes. I love music history. So
1: yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I think the music I listened to the most was like the CDs in my mom's car. So that would be like Sheryl Crow, um, her album, Come On, Come On. That one is the, I think that's what the album's called. Yeah. That one was like iconic and playing in my mom's car all the time. Yeah. Um, and also uh, The Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, if people aren't familiar with their name change. Um, and I also listened to Anna Nalik, which she had like the one really big radio hit when I was in first grade. Um, the song is called Breathe. Um, and a lot of people know that song, but they don't know the whole album, but the album is amazing. Um, and I also listened to Jewel, um, specifically, um, what was that album called? Um her, the album that came out in 2002, This Way, that's the name of that album. Um, and she, yeah, she, I mean, she's just an amazing songwriter. Um, and yeah, I I listened to that album a shit ton. And then when I got older and like got my first iPod Nano, I started exploring a little bit more. And I think one of the first bands I like really found on my own, like just, you know, clicking around iTunes in 2008 uh was death cab for cutie and i started listening to them a lot and i when i was in like fifth grade that was probably like my favorite band um they're good I like yeah them. no i love them too and ben gibbard is a very iconic songwriter um and so i learned a lot from that band uh just about songwriting i would say um and just knowing what lyrics sound good and I just like really really paid attention to lyrics anytime I listened to anything. Um and then in 7th grade I discovered Marina, formerly known as Marina and the Diamonds, and that like changed my life all over again because I mean, she just had this totally new sound. This like almost like created her own genre with the Family Jewels. And um I just was like, yeah, very very inspired by that, uh lyrically, sonically, um and so yeah, I just um kind of just kept collecting influences over the years. Um, I still am influenced by, you know, current artists today. Like I would say right now, like big influence on me would be like Mitski. Big yeah. influence on me would be Pom Pom Squad, Bleached, um, Colleen Green, Liz Fair, and Alanis Morissette as well. I mean, they're from the 90s, but like I didn't really discover them until like uh, the past five years. That's when I really started listening. Yeah. So yeah
0: um i was just gonna ask something oh yeah you said that i read that you said you would describe your genre as like tmi so yeah. one thing one thing i was wondering is like um have your parents ever like or you like your family ever like listened to one of your songs and then like at the end of it been like <laughs> like jesus Kelsey, <laughs> why did you put that out into the world
1: yes yeah that has happened um, is it it's awkward? Been, um yeah it's been kind of like a bit of a process with my family trying to um, navigate like my independent you know endeavors as an adult and as an artist um, I don't think it's been like you know the easiest thing for either of us like you know for me or anyone in my family but um, yeah my sister, like really didn't like loser at first and then she came around and she was like it's actually really good so why
0: why didn't she like it that's like my favorite
1: um i think she just was like this is just so provocative like this is so out there like are you sure you want this online like that kind of thing just like out of concern you know but then i think she listened to it more and then like really understood like the lyrical quality of it Um, and I think she got a lot she got a lot of compliments from like mutual friends and stuff like a lot of people like told her like Kelsey's new song is so good and then I think eventually she kind of had to accept that it was very well written and um, yeah she came around Um, but yeah I would say it's been um, a little bit of a challenge to like always navigate you know doing your own independent thing as an adult and as an artist and like how people in your family are going to react when they're kind of like overprotective or like have always seen you as a kid. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, and then like you know, I have like my cousins who are always in my corner, so yeah. But then, like, there's people in my family that just have no idea that I even do music or comedy.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. And then you see them like once every two years and they're yeah. like,
1: Yeah. Like, so what, like, what do you have to do? Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, Oh, you know, just chilling. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There's people I just can never really be honest with, which is in a way, it's kind of tragic because it's like, you know, they're never going to know who I really am. And that is painful. And or if like, they I do know. That. they know
0: they won't like fully understand
1: yeah if they do know it's not it's gonna blow up in my face so it's just not worth it to even tell them so it's like it's kind of a tragic thing but um you know there are just like generational gaps where certain people who were raised in the 1940s are just not gonna understand like modern society and like the liberation of women (laughs) so like (laughs) It's just like, you know, there's sometimes there's just no way to, like, really make that um, the ideal situation that you wish it could be.
0: Yeah. Um, This is kind of just like a spinoff question. What was your first guitar?
1: My first guitar was a little half size Yamaha acoustic guitar. It didn't even plug in. Of course, it was just so I guess it would count as like a classical guitar because it wasn't amplified. and, yeah, it was just, yeah, just a little tiny guitar. And I covered it in really ugly stickers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I thought that was cool at the time. And now it's, like, very It was cringey. cool at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was cringe, though, when I go back and I look at it, and it's, like, covered in, like, just weird stickers. Like, I have it. Yeah. I mean, actually, I have an Eeyore sticker on there, which actually I think Dude. that was probably the coolest one. Uh, but Eeyore is have- my...
0: Yours my Discord profile picture.
1: Nice. But I also have like like six different Santa Cruz stickers. And I'm like, why was I that obsessed with my hometown? Like it's okay. You only need one. Like you do not need six. I see those
0: I see those stickers like where I'm where I live and it's snowing. Oh no way.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a pretty big like skate and surf brand. So like it kind of has spread globally. I've even seen Santa Cruz stuff in England when I lived in England. So I actually wanted to
0: ask you about that. Could you just like, just like touch on it? Like, how did that come about? Was it a study abroad thing?
1: It was study abroad. So I did a semester abroad at the University of Sussex, which is in Brighton, England. Brighton is on like the southern coast of England, just for anyone who doesn't know. And um, that city is very well known for its music. Like, as I was going there, a bunch of people were like, oh, you're gonna love the music scene. And I was like, sick, like, can't wait and i did join like there on campus like music club it was called like sussex live music society and like i don't know if i'm like allowed to spill the tea on this but like i the president of that club just was very heavily hitting on me and like kind of being creepy and so i like just kind of like backed out of the club like i didn't really stick around i did meet a girl there Uh, who did play the drums and we played together a bit but like we never booked a show and like never really got that together she was amazing though and it was very fun to like work with her briefly but you know I was only there for a semester and like then for a period of time I was having vocal problems there so like I didn't get to like have my like musical dreams come true in England um So, like, it just kind of a a few factors, like, prevented me from really, like, you know, playing all the venues in Brighton or whatever it was. But because I was in this brand new place and I didn't know anybody, um, I just was like, I'm going to start trying things I've never tried before or, like, getting into things I never really thought I could do. And so, yeah, I tried a lot of new things. And um, one of those things was comedy. So I had always written for the satire publication at Berkeley, which is where I went. I went to school like non study abroad. Um, so I'd written for the satire publication there. So I did. I was interested in comedy, but I'd never gone like on stage. I had never been like a theater kid, you know. Yeah. Um. So, I um. Yeah, I found out that there was a comedy society and I was like, okay, and I had seen a comedy show in London like my first week in England and I was so inspiring and I was like, I gotta try this. So um, I found out about the comedy society on campus. And then I one night I was like, should I go to this meeting? Should I not go to this meeting? I was like, back and forth, back and forth trying to decide if I should go or not. And then like, I almost didn't go like I swear to God, I almost didn't go to that meeting, but I did. And we did some improv I met some other like people interested in comedy and uh, eventually through that club. That's how I got booked on my first comedy show Um, and I did my very first comedy set ever at a show, not even an open mic. I just did my first comedy set at a show. It was um, a charity fundraiser show. And I did seven whole minutes and it went so well. And it was, it like the, yes. And it was like the most fun I'd had in my life. Like I had such a high afterwards from performing and it was just amazing. And um, yeah, I've been doing, been doing stand-up ever since.
0: That's cool. Wait, so when was that? Probably that was COVID.
1: spring, spring of 2019.
0: Spring of 2019. So, so
1: 2019. I got it in, got it in <laughs> before COVID happened. Yeah. Luckily. Less it was like less than a year before COVID happened. No, a year before COVID happened. Um, so yeah, I was just lucky enough that like my junior year happened in the, 2018 to 2019, yeah. and that was like the time when I was able to take a semester abroad. And thank God COVID wasn't going on then. And um, so
0: you were online for your senior year.
1: I was online for the last two or three months of my senior year. Yeah, I graduated 2020 spring 2020. And so everything shut down March of 2020. And that's when we went online. But I had fall 2019 and I had the first two months of senior, of second semester senior year. So
0: did it kind of suck to go out like that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think it sucks more, though, to have like your freshman year be online. So like, I yeah, I think that would be worse. Cause like freshman year is like kind of the thing you've dreamed of for so long is like that first experience at college going away, seeing what it's yeah. like meeting, meeting all the new people. Um, and so I think that that would be harder. And also cause there's like no end in sight. That's, uh, the, that's like worse. Whereas like, I think when I, when I did it, it was more, we had a little more hope that like things would go back to normal at some point. Um. Or not normal, but like go back to po- go to turn into a post-COVID society at yeah. some point, um, and that just like never really or hasn't hasn't happened yet. I don't has know. I happened, don't it. know. <laughs> it has
0: not happened. I would say it has not happened at all. Um. So one, actually, I'll do a serious question and then a funny question. Awesome. Um. So do you like? I think I read this thing. I heard this thing and she might not have even said it, but do you know, do you know snail mail?
1: I do know snail mail. Yeah. I mean, I don't know them personally, but I know yeah. of them.
0: <laughs> I like her music a lot. And I think yeah, same. I, I, I don't know if she said this or if someone asked her this or something, but it just popped into my head and it's associated with her in my head. So that's where I'm going to go with. But um, the question is like, do you ever like wish you weren't associated with like, like women in music? Like, like Liz Fair, like, like those powerful mm-hmm. women who like stand yeah. out. Or do you think that like being a woman is like intrinsic to the music that you make? And like, it wouldn't be the same otherwise. Like, do you ever wish someone compared your guitar playing to like a guy guitar player?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. I think it's just like I feel twofold about it, you know? Like, on the one hand, like being compared to Liz Fair is like a fucking honor. Like, of course, like I'm very when someone says, Oh my god, you remind me of Liz Fair, I'm like, oh my God. That yeah. sound like Liz Fair. That's dope. Like, that is a huge compliment. Um, but it is true that I've only ever been compared to female artists. Um, yeah. You know, people are like, oh, you sound like Alanis. Like you have this like sound, it's like jagged little pill. Um, like, oh, you have this Avril Lavigne vibe. Like uh, you kind of remind me of Mitski. Like I've always been compared to woman artists. And, yeah. you know, like it- I'm never offended in the sense that I'm like, oh, fuck that artist. Like, no, it's always an honor. It's always an honor. But, um. At the same time, like it is true that no one's ever compared me to like a male artist. And I do think, like, you know, my identity as a woman and my experience, you know, being raised as a woman in society and experiencing society as a woman has a huge impact on my music. I mean, it's very centric to like my lyrics and my experiences that I write. Yeah, exactly. Like the identity is a huge part of my writing. So that's like very much in there. So it's like, I don't think the music would be the same if I wasn't a woman um yeah however I'm sorry go ahead yeah sorry however I do think it'd be nice if someone said like oh like lyrically like you're just as good as like insert male artists here um yeah. not because that's like better than being compared to a woman but just because like it is weird that there's like this almost like double standard like you can only be like a woman if you're a woman and like if you're yeah. And like, I, I don't know, it's, I think it's like a twofold thing. Like, I just, I don't think it has like a super easy answer. Um, but yeah, it is kind of like, that thing of like, oh, you're really good, like for a girl or like, whatever, <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. like, you don't want to like, have that kind of like qualifier on the compliments that you're given of like, in terms of woman you are good like you know you want it you want it to be like in general like in just all overall like right like so it's it's like when people say like i don't know with like athletes or something they'll be like the the best like female tennis player but then it's a man it's like they're like the best tennis player and it's like well okay yeah (laughs) so um yeah i think it's like it is an interesting like social social societal thing that we like always judge women within the confines of other women of women yeah um so it's like it's interesting that we we do that and is it always great that we do that i don't think so maybe we should mix it up a little bit more um (laughs) but at the same time you know it's not that it's not a compliment to be compared to a woman it is a compliment to be compared to a woman especially one as talented as Liz Fair or Alanis Morissette or Mitski or whatever you know you're being compared to so um yeah, I think it's just something where people need to challenge like their gender binaries a little bit more when they're thinking about these things. But we're like, you know, trying to give you a compliment. But also, like, I don't want people to just like lie and be like, oh, you remind me of Liz Fair." Just kidding. Actually, uh, <laughs> you totally have a Jimi Hendrix vibe, which is not true. I don't. So like, no. you know, don't lie to me. But like, also, like, maybe just like, try to think in broader terms, you know?
0: Yeah. Instead of saying like, Wow, your music has a really strong attitude to it. That reminds me of Liz Fair. Instead, they could be like, "Wow, your music has a really strong attitude to it. That reminds me of, I don't know, like Mick Jagger or something like that." Yeah,
1: I mean, you could even say like other like iconic like punk acts or something like. You could even say like, "Oh, this." kind of anti-establishment theme is very reminiscent of, like, the Sex Pistols. Something like that, right? Like, it's not... Instead of, like,
0: Sleater Kinney or something like that.
1: Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Or you could say both. You could be, like, it reminds me of both. Because it's definitely not...
0: (laughs) It's definitely, like, you being compared to those people we were talking about is not a bad thing. Like, those are great artists. But also, like, it'd be cool to get compared to, like, the Mount Rushmore of, like, punk music, I guess. Which is... Yeah. um,
1: yeah yeah and like and i do have like the kind of influence from like the riot girl movement um and so in that sense like that is woman right but um yeah i mean punk is bigger than that and like i think punk i mean there are women you could say are like punk artists like of course um you know uh i don't know pj harvey maybe um but like it's like you know there definitely could be kind of like more of a uh, association. Oh, like Patti like, Smith is another Patty one? Smith, yeah. There could be more of an association with like, you know, uh some of the very, very original punk artists who were men. And I'm not saying that's like, great, men are the only people who can start music genres. Like, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel kind of, yeah, conflicted about the whole thing. It's like, not not necessarily sure how I stand on that.
0: Yeah, because It's just like, um, obviously your lyrics are going to get compared to other women because your lyrics are almost like about
1: being a woman.
0: Is that true?
1: Yes. Uh, No, I think that's true.
0: But like, why can't, you know, your guitar playing be compared to anybody?
1: Yeah. You could even say like melodically, you could even say, um, like structurally the way the song is structured you could even say some of the themes in the music. And one of the themes is gender and the gendered experience I've lived. But another theme is very much like anti-establishment and like anti-capitalist. So that's also in and it. And everyone so.
0: sings about that. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I you mean, can be
0: compared to any of them,
1: that's what rock music is about sticking it to the man. So exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so now we can do, now we can do a funny question. All right. And this one is, this one's courtesy of, of, my friend Corinne, who okay. recommended you in the first place. Oh, right. She's a big fan. Um, she's really excited about this episode, actually. So I'm excited. Aww, to, uh,
1: that's um, really cute. Yeah. Um, but I'm
0: Definitely she,
1: listening then. Hi, Corinne. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> she, <laughs> thanks for getting me on the podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. Thanks, Corinne. She had the perfect question. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what is your worst date ever that you've been on? <laughs>
1: Oh my god worst date ever i've been on it's honestly hard to choose um <laughs> oh god i don't know i'm trying to like how okay so i went on a date with this guy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he had told me he was also a musician so i was like great and this was when i was naive enough to think that musician guys were cool um <laughs> and so he was also a musician and he was like yeah 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 I'm a musician and at the time he was like you know he had more Spotify listeners than me or whatever or no he was on Spotify and I wasn't that was like oh you're in Bandcamp I am on Bandcamp yeah Bandcamp but like rocks. I know I love Bandcamp um but like I wasn't on Spotify or so I felt like you know oh he's more legit than me which is like not even true but anyways so he made music and so we we're like he's like, okay, like, let's, um, let's go to this pizza place, like, a, like, not a sh- super nice restaurant, but just like, kind of a really kind of shitty pizza place. He's like, because I have a gift card here. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he takes me to a pizza place, pays with a gift card. And like, I'm like okay so I just get a slice of pizza we don't even order a whole pizza we just get a slice each. Oh my god. And he pays with his like a little gift card and then we sit down and we start talking and I kind of got vibes from him that he was like a little arrogant maybe Um, and then like in the middle of the like dinner he gets this phone call and he's like I'm so sorry I have to take this it's my manager.
0: I knew you were gonna say (laughs) that. I knew you were gonna say that.
1: So he like he doesn't even walk away from the table to like take the phone call outside or something like no he's like he picks it up in front of me and he's like yeah hello and like <laughs> and he's like okay okay well, what's the data on that like and it has this like has this like conversation This like you know i'm hearing one side of it of course and he's like i can't accept that this has to be released like before july <laughs> like It sounded fake. Like, it literally sounded like someone pretending to have a conversation with, like, their, like, music manager, their band manager, whatever. And I was like, this can't be real. Like, is this real? Like, is he actually talking to someone right now? And I was like, okay. But also, I had this part of me that was, like, uh, kind of insecure about my abilities in music. And I was like, oh, this guy must be legit. Like, I guess this is real. I guess this is how, like, real musicians do it. I guess real musicians have managers. And, like, I should be impressed by this yeah i guess i should be impressed by this like okay um and so then like he hung up and he was like oh so frustrating like and i was like what's going on and he was like oh, not a big deal like i'm not gonna tell you and i was like you just made a big deal of it like what do you mean He's
0: gatekeeping like-?
1: it yeah he was gatekeeping it exactly literally he literally was acting like oh, you wouldn't understand like he didn't say that but it was like that was such the vibe of like whatever so then um I was like, yeah, like I make music too. Does he ask to hear it? No. Um, <laughs> He just like talks about his music like the whole day, which like, I mean, I get it. You're, you're passionate about it. You want to talk about it. But like, it was a little like mansplaining music to me. Um, And then yeah. he, we walked down to this like bookstore and then he kissed me. And like, I was like, mm, not into that. And like, asked me why I still invited him home. I do not know. I don't know. I just like felt inspired. The new Lana Del Rey album had just come out, uh, Lust for Life. That's what the album that had just come out. And so I was like, yeah, you can come over and he came over. And then like (laughs) he sweat so much in the bed that I had to sleep on the couch. And he left. He left at like 10 p.m. And then I like went back to the bed and it was like this bed is like soaking wet from his sweat. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can't sleep here. So I went and slept on the couch. The next morning I go in to check. it's The bed was still wet from the sweat.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I know. So then I had to, like, wash the sheets. I was also – I was house-sitting. I don't know if I'm – this is not great of me that I brought someone home when I was house-sitting. But um, – <laughs>
0: you definitely had to wash the sheets if you were oh yeah i definitely
1: had to wash the sheets are you kidding so i like washed the sheets twice like i like scoured the bedroom for like any evidence like i just was like (laughs) oh god like i it was such a embarrassing thing that i did that like it's not cool of me that i did that while i was house sitting but i did (laughs) and like i don't know i was i was like 19 and like like I said, the new Lana Del Rey album had just come out, so I was feeling yeah, inspired. Like really, yeah. um, <laughs> so yeah, and then, oh, and during the like, night, like I had my guitar there, and I was like, oh, do you want to like, hear some music? And he was like, sure. And I like played him like half a song, and then he goes, oh, this reminds me of my song. And then he pulls out his song and just starts playing his own Spotify, and he played like six songs in a row. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh and he's like, yeah, yeah, God. here's another one, here's another one. <laughs> and then just like showed me all this music and i was like oh my god and then he left and i was like jesus christ like why like that was <laughs> horrible like that's just embarrassing that i like did that like i'm embarrassed like- was this the
0: first was this a first date
1: <laughs> this was the first date yeah this was the first date and i was just like but also Is there, I was a there
0: a date. second date
1: oh god no there was no second date but um i had this like sort of like um I don't know, insecurity about like music where I just thought like this guy's more successful than me. So like I guess I should just like, you know, be impressed even though like deep down I wasn't impressed. I just was like, well, I guess he knows more about the business than me. I guess he's better than me. I guess yeah. like blah 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 blah. So like, you know, I kept kind of telling myself that it, he was cooler than he was just because I I didn't have I didn't have my own clout yet, I guess you could yeah. say. Um and then yeah then i later you know my album came out and i kind of was like i think this is more impressive than his stuff um not to be like i can't tell you his real name (laughs) are you kidding Um, yeah it's his real name i I can't tell you his real name i think that's a little
0: no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding
1: me um i i yeah so i've already roasted him on here so (laughs) um but yeah so like he um yeah, actually, I'm working on, like, a, a stand-up joke about this. Like, it's not – I don't have it figured out yet, but, like, I want to do this in my set, like, talk about this date. Um, anyways, you should definitely so- mention
0: that you were house-sitting because that, that is bad.
1: <laughs> it's, like, really cranny. I would never do that now. If I was asked to house-sit now, I would not do that. But, like, I, I just was an idiot. I was 19, and I was an idiot. And I was just, you know, I really wanted attention. And, like, I was still really reeling from my breakup – Um, because it was more recent at the time. And I just like, you know, was so desperate for like company and companionship that I was, I would go on a date with anybody, you know, like, so that was kind of like where I was at at that time. But yeah, so then he um, left and then, you know, I obviously have had a decent amount of success in music since then. And, um, I have like way more listeners than him and (laughs) there you go now i'm like now i'm like oh you thought you were so cool well guess what like i am (laughs) the cool one now like
0: (laughs) there you go you got him yeah um what was i gonna say no that's a that's a pretty hilarious story though the gift card part is really funny
1: i know right (laughs) like seriously like you're paying me the gift card like this is (laughs) I don't know. I was like, what? For some reason that really like that really like gave me like bad first impression. And I didn't I was like, don't be judgmental, Kelsey, don't be judgmental. But I was. (laughs) He's he's
0: balling on a budget. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been funny if he had a gift card to that bookstore too.
1: Oh my god, yeah.
0: Like, let me take you to this bookstore. Like (laughs) 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 um, that's all the questions I've written down. Um Is there anything else you want to talk about? You got you want to plug anything?
1: Um yeah, I guess I would just say like you know if you haven't heard my music before, um like please check it out. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp. My artist name is Feral F E R A L, um and uh yeah you can find me on all those music platforms. Um I'm most well known for my song Fuck the Bourgeoisie because that's the one that went viral. But um, I think if you really wanna like get to know me a little bit more, I would listen to Loser, I would listen to Native Speaker. Um, You know, I have a lot of other songs I'm really proud of that I would love for people to check out. And if you really, really like it, like, you know, share it with your friends, put it on a playlist, share it to your Instagram story, uh, make a TikTok with it. You know, that's basically how we, like the algorithm selects our music for lots of these like algorithmic playlists on Spotify is, you know, based on who's sharing the music based on who's put it on a playlist, that kind of thing. So if you really want to support me as an artist, um, the best way to do that is to share my music. Um, and also, you know, if you really want to, uh, you could buy some merch for me, I sell some pretty cool stickers on Bandcamp. Um, so you could check that out. Um, I to have put on already- guitars. To put on guitars, yeah. I have a really cool sticker. I worked with some really talented visual artists, and I have a really cool sticker of a portrait of Karl Marx with, like, the words daddy and, like, pink (laughs) writing, like, underneath his portrait. Um, So, yeah, basically, there's some cool merch. Uh, And also, like, if you're, you know, ever want to come to a show, like, come to a show. Like, you know, I, I always try to post about whatever I have going on, like, on TikTok and Instagram. I'm pretty consistent with, like, keeping people in the loop on when I have a comedy show, when I have a concert, like whatever is going on. And so, you know, uh, follow me on those platforms, if you would like to, um, you know, keep up with me. Um, and I think uh, you can probably put like a link in the podcast description for that. But uh, it's at Kelsifer, K-E-L-S-E-F-E-R-R. Um, so if you I can do that. Cool, 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 cool. Um, But yeah, I just, if anyone's interested in what I do, um, yeah, I just would appreciate like the follows and the shares. Um, That's like the best way to support me as an artist. And that's how I, you know, like I said, that's how I get on algorithmic playlists. Um, Algorithmic playlists are how I make more of my income as a musician. Um, So that's the best way to like, you know, actively support me and like, help me continue to keep doing this you know what i mean like i can't make more music unless i have you know the financial capability to do so so i'm like you know would love to um get more listens and stuff and yeah so anyways and out and, and if anyone is a fan of me already and is just like listening to this like for fun but you already know who i am um yeah i want to say thank you for um supporting me and like letting me do what I love so yeah and thank you Ryan for having me on the podcast
0: and thank you Kelsey for being on the podcast and um waiting an hour for me to eat dinner. (laughs) I appreciate that um but yeah thanks so much I appreciate it
1: cool I'm excited to listen when it comes out
0: for sure I'll let you know when that is
1: all right bye everyone
0: goodbye everybody Thanks again for listening. Please check Kelsey's Music out on any music streaming service that you use. And if you're a musician interested in coming on the podcast, please reach out to me. My Twitter is Meyer underscore Ryan underscore TWT. Bye for now.